So if you think about, again, cost around materials, cost of what patients are actually getting, most expensive dietary supplement is the one that doesn't work. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Thomas Pennell again. This is part two of a two-part series. Last week, Thomas shared why micronutrients are so important, why we need to supplement, and ultimately taught us what makes a good supplement. I highly encourage you listen to that first and then join us for this episode where he's going to dive specifically into what nutrients best support energy, adrenal health, and immune health. Here we go. So let's get into, we kind of talked a little bit about immune support and adrenals earlier. We mentioned that. I think let's get into how supplements play a role in overall health. So, and we'll talk about some unique conditions. So what, in your opinion, what supplements should we be taking to maximize Yeah, so I think, I mean, we call it foundational four. I kind of expanded to foundational five because I think there's a fifth thing that a lot of patients are deficient in that we need. Um, but if we talk about first, we talk about why patients need to be taking a dietary supplement, which was, I think, one of the first questions you asked me. Kind of a loaded question, right? But as it relates to patients between function and dysfunction, there's two things that separate. I'm talking about organ systems, cellular health, whatever it is, function and dysfunction. There's two things that separate that that kind of protect us from that. One of those is metabolic resiliency. And the other one is metabolic reserves. And what I mean by that, metabolic resiliency is our overall health, essentially the cellular health, the ability of these organ systems to bounce back from change, to bounce back from stresses, as we talked about before. Metabolic reserves is our gas tank. That's how many micronutrients we have available to us at any given time that our cells can pull from and actually perform a function, right? Every cell in our body requires micronutrients, especially when we're stressed, especially when those organ systems, chronic disease, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, any type of stress in our body, our body is going to start searching for our metabolic reserves in order to improve our metabolic resiliency, right? So when we suffer in either of those two categories, that's when we reach dysfunction. That's when you end up in an environment where we no longer are functioning the way that we're supposed to, right? So the first product, that being said, the first product that I usually recommend patients take is a high-quality multivitamin, right? Something that is going to address a broad spectrum of micronutrient deficiencies. Just get something in our system that is going to be broad spectrum, if you want to think about it that way. There's a lot of really good high-potency, high-quality raw materials, right, that's going to help patients have high maximum metabolic reserves is the way that I'll put it, right? After that, probiotics, gut health, right? When we talk about probiotics, yep. so we want to regulate and avoid dysbiosis because as soon as we fall into dysbiosis, that has been linked with a host of chronic disease, right? Health starts in the gut, right? Health starts in the gut. Our gut is linked to a lot of different organ systems. So making sure they're on probiotics is essential, right? And these are also things I take every day too. I should, I should mention that. And I'm sure you do as well, Dr. Gray. <laughs> Fish oil, like we just talked about, reducing inflammation. We talk about standard American diet called the SAD diet, right? So that diet there's been a big shift away from our healthy omegas, right? Talking about our omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. And we can balance that out. And what I'm talking about is processed foods, right? So things where the basically the oils are more shelf-stable, but they're not as good for you. So I'm talking about vegetable oil, canola oil, some soybean oil, some of these really not good oils, <laughs> just put it that way, um, that increase inflammation. So actually pro-inflammatory in the body, right? So we can balance out that ratio a little bit by supplementing with omega-3, EPA, and DHA, to actually balance that ratio back out. So our body has some anti-inflammatory aspect going through its system, right? 
And then after that, we want to make sure we're taking vitamin D. I live in Iowa. I'm from the Chicago suburbs. <laughs> we don't get enough sun here. I was just in my basically apartment for three months straight because it's been snowing and cold and there's nothing to do outside, right? <laughs> um, which is unfortunate, but it is kind of the reality of the situation. And vitamin D, a lot of people look at more as a steroid than they do just a vitamin, right? Because it regulates over 2000 different genes that once activated help with neurotransmitter production. They also help with immune function and with a whole host of different things. That list is very expansive. Vitamin D is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely essential. And then the last one that I personal favorite of mine is magnesium. Absolutely magnesium. Because if we talk about magnesium, it's involved with hundreds of enzymatic processes in our bodies. It's involved with well over 80% of our enzymatic processes in our bodies, right? But in addition to that, well over 80% of our patients are deficient because where do we get magnesium? Spinach, right? There's a lot of green leafy vegetables that we can get in. There's other sources, a little bit of dairy milk, which obviously we're not going to be you know, super keen on. But the point is, is it's a lot of things that a lot of patients aren't eating a lot of times because we talk about standard American diet. It's really easy just to bring magnesium in through supplementation. Yep. So I'm going to echo what you just said. So you're saying many patients should kind of start with these foundational supplements. Comprehensive multivitamin, probiotic, when you said omega-3s, that means fish oil, what we were just talking about, vitamin D and magnesium. So I, and I 100% agree with that. And I would say I've tested, I mean, thousands of patients. I've been in practice over a decade and I, I've tested so many individuals. Most people on a micronutrient deficiency test are going to need all of these. I mean, they just are. Uh, many of my patients have very high need for magnesium. If you're stressed and you exercise and drink coffee and whatnot and don't eat well, you're going to need a lot of magnesium. So I agree with those. I do want to kind of differentiate a regular multivitamin from the fancy mitochondrial complex that I love. I accidentally this morning, because <laughs> I'm feeling a little under the weather, had my supplements laid up for the day. I took both the um, complete, well, actually, I took the prenatal and mitochondrial sure. complex. <laughs> Got a lot of good micronutrients today. <laughs> Which normally I don't. <laughs> I normally don't do that, but I, I took both because I think both are excellent products and we have the you know um, complete multivitamin. I take mitochondrial complex specifically for energy. I noticed just a big shift when I started taking it years ago that like, wow, my brain's functioning better, my energy is better. So let's talk about what nutrients can really help maximize cellular energy because some of those are in mitochondrial complex. So first, you know, above and beyond those five products you laid out, Let's talk about cellular energy, what our body needs, and then go into the mitochondrial complex. Yeah, energy is paramount, right? Because that's the thing that most patients are going to notice pretty quickly when you all of a sudden don't have the energy that you're quite used to, right? So this can be as a result of, and it's tied to intimately with chronic disease, right? So anytime we're challenged, we talk about stresses, physiological stresses. Anytime we're challenged with chronic disease, we can see basically a burden on that metabolic reserve, as we talked about earlier. And when we burden those metabolic reserves, now we're in an environment where maybe we don't have the nutrients we need to produce energy in the way that we used to, right? Or as we become mentally stressed, as we become physically and mentally stressed, it affects our adrenal glands, which I know we'll dig into a little bit in a minute because um, I know you keep asking about it. <laughs> um, but what we're talking about, when we're talking about metabolic, you know, actual mitochondrial function, mitochondria, as most people know, powerhouse of the cell, right? That's where all of our energy for every cell comes from. As we make ATP, that's where it begins, right? And those mitochondria actually are pretty sensitive to change. They're pretty sensitive to damage, right? Believe it or not. So I always grew up, you know, as a biology major, I went, obviously went to the University of Illinois and studied biology there. You always see that little diagram that has one mitochondria in it. That's the little diagram that we see. But depending on the cell, we can actually have anywhere from 500 to 2000 mitochondria that was in those cells, right? So a lot of energy dependent tissues, talking about like the heart and the brain, high concentration of mitochondria in those tissues, right? So as it relates to, you know, cellular function, 
they can be damaged as we, you know, see things like oxidative stress, where we talk about things like chronic disease, talk about inflammation, all of that can affect our mitochondria. When our mitochondrial health suffers, now we don't have the cellular energy that we normally do in order to function at a high level. And this can affect our metabolic resiliency, right? So not only are we draining metabolic reserves, but now we're draining metabolic resiliency as well. Every organ system, every organ in our body requires those mitochondria to be functioning at a very high capacity in order for us to be basically maintaining regular health. So as it relates to products, you know, there's kind of what we call the big three or the power trio. There's a lot of fun marketing terms for it, right? But it's really three key nutrients that help dictate how much energy we're able to bring into cells and what we're actually able to do once it's there, right? So what I'm talking about is the acetyl-L-carnitine, alpha-lipoic acid, and N-acetylcysteine, right? So acetyl-L-carnitine, what we know is that acetyl-L-carnitine has been shown in the literature to draw free fatty acids across the organelle membrane into the mitochondria. And what this is, is this is like, we have a car, we've got a furnace or whichever analogy we like to use, right? We've got a car, we're pressing on the gas and we're putting more gas in that tank and we're pressing on the gas, right? So what we're doing is we're making the car go faster. Mitochondria is our car in this instance, right? So we're actually able to get more fuel into that and we're actually able to process that fuel better because the mitochondria are just waiting to use the free fatty acids, right? They're waiting to use those and actually make energy. But when we do that, just like in a car, we've got a catalytic converter, we need to actually clean up that exhaust that's created, right? Or if we have a furnace, we need to basically put a filter on that. And that furnace, that filter that we're looking for is basically something to balance out what are called free radicals, which is oxidative stress. The mitochondria, as lovely as they are, are little free radical factories, right? They love making oxidative stress. It's just a byproduct of their, their existence. And what I mean by free radicals is they're basically unbound electrons that sit in our system and they can cause damage. And they've been linked to, there's studies that have been linked to for you know 30 plus years now, cardiovascular disease, um, neurotransmitter dysfunction. I mean, we can make a long list of that too, right? Immunological dysfunction, oxidative stress is not good for our systems, right? So lifestyle factors that can increase oxidative stress and all of this damages mitochondria as well. But lifestyle factors increase oxidative stress are things like diabetes, smoking, drinking, even exercise. Sorry to say for anyone who you know is exercise buff, exercising intense, moderate to intense activity can increase oxidative stress throughout our body, right? Especially over-exercising. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, right? You're taxing your body. Your body is working very hard to create energy, right? Which can increase our oxidative stress that's produced, right? So what we need to do is balance that out with antioxidants antioxidants being components that actually go in and deoxidize, if you want to think about it that way, different components that carry free radicals around our system, right? So alpha-lipoic acid, in addition to being an antioxidant itself, is able to recharge other antioxidants in our cells and our bodies like vitamin C. And then N-acetylcysteine is an essential precursor to glutathione, right? And I see you smiling. Glutathione is our master antioxidant in our body. It's one of our favorite components that just sitting around. It helps with our liver, helps with, again, cellular detoxification. It's massively, massively, massively important. Very huge, right? So those three components together work to basically put more gas in the gas tank, press on that gas pedal and make sure that that car is going, but also put a really nice catalytic converter on that car and make sure that that exhaust is being cleaned up. So again, in summary, those were carnitine, aflipoic acid, and N-acetylcysteine for the listeners, which are included in <laughs> mitochondrial complex. Conveniently, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, conveniently included. So talk about mitochondrial complex for a minute here and why that, I know there are some other ingredients in there too, but why that's such a powerful product. Absolutely. So it starts basically kind of like a multivitamin, right? I don't like saying it's like a multivitamin because it kind of undersells what the product is, right? But if we look at that micronutrient list, it looks a lot like a multivitamin. You have your A's, your B's, C, D, everything is in that 
And that's something in fact box, right? And the reason for that is if we think about back to our car analogy, before we even put the engine in the car and press on the gas, where's the car? right? We need to have those micronutrients available to the mitochondria, available to the cell in order to build a nice car. We need to be able to put the tires on, put the metal you know, doors in, to actually put the windows in to make sure there's a steering wheel. We got to go somewhere, right? <laughs> we need all of those micronutrients available in order to basically support mitochondrial health as best as we can. And obviously other organ systems as well. The main focus is making sure these mitochondria are healthy and ready to go. Right. But in addition to that, in addition to the power trio that we talked about, there's also some really good phytonutrients in there. The phytonutrients act as further antioxidant support is essentially why they're in there. So talking about transresveratrol, that's the potent antioxidant found in red wine. Right. Then we also talk about EGCG, which come from green tea extract, sulforaphane coming from broccoli seed extract. There's a lot of good phytonutrients and antioxidants found in that product to help support every process we just talked about. That, when you combine all that together, it's like building the nicest, it's like building a Cadillac, right? It's building the nicest car we can think of, making sure that we have high quality gas in there and then making sure that that catalytic converter is clean and working the way that it's supposed to. So this is the Escalade or this is <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It's a nice, this is a nice car. Dr. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I obviously love the product. I take it, take it every really? day. So yeah. that obviously all of what you just said can help fuel ourselves. So help with energy. There are other supplements that can also help with energy. We talked a little bit about B vitamins. Can you can you talk about Bs for a minute here as those are important for energy too? Yeah, so B vitamins are essential for energy production. In fact, if you just pop into Google, and I know a lot of patients probably do this, but I have low energy, what do I do, right? You'll find that B vitamins are found in that system, right? B vitamins are essential for a lot of different processes and tons of processes, right? So we're talking about liver detoxification, right? Which can make patients feel like they have low energy as our liver is burdened by removing toxic substances from our body. Also with neurotransmitter production, when we want to make things like serotonin and GABA and dopamine, we need B vitamins in order to complete those cycles. There's different steps from point A to point B to point C that require B vitamins to convert that. They're involved in different cycles for cardiovascular function, right? B vitamins are paramount. And in fact, that's why you see a high concentration of B vitamins in products like mitochondrial complex um, or basically any essential multivitamin because we need those for a lot of different processes. And when we suffer, when we don't have those available to complete those cycles, that's when we start seeing patients fall into dysfunction again, where maybe we don't have the same energy that we used to because we're fighting. Our body is fighting to complete that process. Again, going back to metformin, right? If we're on a uh, prescription like metformin or even some of these other things, it's um, estrogens or some of these other wrong, uh, prescriptions, it's going to block up B vitamins. Yep. Birth control. I think that's what you're alluding to. Birth control can really rob us of B vitamins. We need B vitamins because we've already talked for an hour here. This is a long energy. We should take a B vitamin break. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, so um, thank you for sharing about B vitamins. I want to next go to the adrenals because yeah. many individuals who have fatigue have stressed their adrenals. And I know uh, Orthomolecular does manufacture many products that are very supportive to the adrenals. So how would someone know if they have an adrenal issue? And then let's talk about agents that can help. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this one, it's again, kind of insidious. You know, this is something that maybe we start noticing over a long period of time, right? There's a lot of people, as you talk about the COVID days, right? This is something which we're still in, right? But this is something that we talk about. Patients wake up one day and they realize that they, again, just not quite feeling right. Maybe you've got brain fog. Maybe you've got low energy, low mood that maybe you look back a year or two ago and you didn't quite have. Right. You know, I was actually a patient of, you know, stage three end of this where I wasn't producing enough cortisol. This is something that you have to work on with a practitioner to actually see some benefit from. Right. So what we're talking about is we're talking about what's called the HPA axis. And it stands for or what it what it is. It's the hypothalamus pituitary and adrenal gland. 
right? So we have this system that is meant to release cortisol. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of cortisol. It's our stress hormone. You want to think about it that way. But cortisol is essential, right? You know, if you think about it way back in the day, and let's say that we're, I'm not sitting in my apartment and you're not sitting in your office, right? We're out in the woods, whatever it may be, and we see a bear, right? You and I are out by the campfire and we see a bear. <laughs> what we need or what we want our body to actually do is release cortisol because cortisol will release different pro- or cause different processes in our body that actually gets us up and gets us moving, right? That's something that regulates diurnally. So over the course of the day, it regulates different patterns that actually create function that get us up and get us thinking and get us moving and get us doing things, right? What we need to do is we need to take a look at nowadays, especially as you know we're not encountering as many bears as we used to, thankfully. <laughs> there are other metabolic systems or other biological systems that can affect that process. So talking about issues with sleep, talking about issues with glycemic control, talking about issues, mental, emotional stress is a big one, right? There's a lot of factors that are no longer a bear, but they trick our systems, trick our body into thinking that there's a bear by triggering that fight or flight, triggering that cortisol release, which is going to tell the body is, Hey, let's go. We got to start pumping something because we're stressed. We're physically stressed. So from a patient's perspective, you may be saying, what does any of that mean? Right. You know, we may make wake up one day and maybe we have a hard time getting up in the morning. Or maybe we have, you know, we're staying up late at night and we just can't fall asleep and we're not sure why, right? So there's two big patient types you talk about. That's our stressed and wired and our stressed and tired, right? So if I say this is you, <laughs> you know, this is a, maybe an indicator. Or if you're saying, hmm, this, this might sound like me, maybe this is an indicator, you know, to go maybe look into this, right? But our stressed and wired would be someone who gets up, pop right out of bed, right? Maybe they have a hard time falling asleep too, but they pop right out of bed. Now these patients are like, go, 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 go. We got to get food on the table. Got to go. Got to go do this. Got to get to work. Got to come home. Got to make sure all the homework's done. Got to make sure everything's going. Go, 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 go. Have a hard time kind of turning your brain off. What's happening is your body is producing cortisol and releasing cortisol really quickly, right? So we have elevated cortisol levels pretty much throughout the day and your cortisol is supposed to go up and then kind of slowly over time, you know, wane as we get closer to bed, right? The other person, our stressed and tired person, this is down and out, but still stressed. Right. This is a person who is very much stressed, but maybe saying, you know, I'm, I'm getting beat up pretty good right now. You know, I, I don't have the energy that I used to. It's hard to wake up. Maybe you come home at five o'clock. You know, I was this patient at one point, but you come home at five o'clock and you need to take a nap after your third cup of coffee that day. Right. This problem exists because we've, you know, set ourselves in stage one, which is that high release of cortisol, that, that whole system, the HPA axis, especially the uh, adrenal glands say, okay, enough's enough right? We need to turn the system off because we're doing this a little too much, right? This is one that patients are really feel, you know, this is one that affects everyday life, quality of life as it relates to mood. So talking about low mood or whatever it may be, and then talk about our energy levels too high or too low. And then even in between as the day goes on. Sure. Sure. So I was, I, you know, this, but obviously last week, my husband had emergency uh, surgery. He's fine now, but you know, in the moment and all last week, I just had so many things going on and I still had to work full time and see patients. So I was in that fight or flight, high cortisol state. Now, luckily I was aware of supplements (laughs) to, you know, calm my cortisol at night. So I had no problem sleeping. I slept just fine. Thankfully, but we're going to encounter those stressors through our lives. And sometimes the stressors are one day or a week or whatnot. The goal is that we don't have high stress for a lifetime or that we don't get stuck in that fight or flight, right? Now, this week is the opposite. I'm tired. So last week I was running with high cortisol. This week, my body's kind of like, okay, we're kind of trying to adjust to kind of catch up. So this week I'm more tired, but I do see patients who come in 
who have high cortisol, I have patients who come in, we can test for this. This is where saliva cortisol testing is very helpful. Who have high cortisol, I have some patients who have very, very low cortisol. They can barely get out of bed. They are just, they have crashed and burned. They have had too high cortisol for too long, and now they actually need help raising their cortisol. And so again, really questioning the patient on symptoms and comparing that with saliva testing can help us determine kind of what stage of uh, adrenal stress they're in. And then there are supportive products that can be very helpful that I've taken for years. So share with us a little bit about the um, adrenal products that orthomolecular manufacture, some key ingredients in those. Yeah. So something that we look for in a good adrenal product um, is something that helps maintain, again, I'm going to talk a lot about resiliency, especially when it comes to adrenal glands, but something that helps maintain resiliency. So what I'm talking about is something called adaptogens, right? And adaptogens, yes. the big one most people are aware of, most people know it as the calming herb, right? Ashwagandha, right? Mm-hmm. Ashwagandha, that stuff. Yeah. rhodiola, eleuthero, cisandra, all of those are herbs that are meant to increase resiliency of the adrenal glands. So, you know, I played football in high school, rugby in college. You know, the thought process is, is bend, don't break. I got told that by a lot of coaches, right? Tough stuff happens, bend, don't break. Um, similar concept with a rubber band. You want that rubber band to stretch. You want to have stress occasionally. That's okay. So rubber band stretches, but it doesn't snap. It's able to go back and then stretch it again, goes back, stretching again, and go back. But if I sat here all day just doing this, which I'm not going to do, but if I sat here doing this all day, eventually that rubber band would snap, right? So the idea is, is that these help maintain resiliency, which basically protects and heals the adrenal glands from a supportive herbal standpoint. From there, we kind of build on top of that to address the actual cortisol component, which is huge, right? Because if patients are actually looking to affect their cortisol values, which we are, which kind of resets the system a little bit in a way, there's two main raw materials that help us go one of two different ways. So if patients are producing or in an environment where they're producing a lot of cortisol and releasing a lot of cortisol, what we want to talk about is something called phosphatidyl serine. So that process, and I know I'm going to get a little bit in the weeds here, but that process, hypothalamus pituitary to adrenal glands, what happens is the pituitary sends out a signaling molecule called ACTH. And ACTH hits those adrenal glands and tells the adrenal glands to release cortisol, right? So phosphatidylserine is able to blunt that ACTH response. And when we blunt that response, what's happening is the adrenal glands now aren't getting that signal as much as they used to, right? So basically what this means is, is now we're going to be in an environment where the body is A, producing and releasing less cortisol which for a patient who's got elevated stress response, right? Who's, you know, maybe husband went in for yep. emergency surgery. <laughs> right, right, right. This is something we want to look at because that's something that can dampen that cortisol response and long-term elevated cortisol, like you had mentioned, is bad. It's not a good thing. You may likely have heard me talk about one of my favorite products in several episodes called Adrenal Calm. It contains a unique blend of botanicals and nutrients that support the stress response, particularly promoting cortisol balance. Specifically, Adrenal Calm includes a blend of adaptogenic botanicals and nutrients formulated to counteract the effects of daily stress and support healthy energy levels. It also contains phosphatidylserine and L-theanine, both of which reduce that half-life of cortisol or, in other words, calm adrenaline. I love using this in the afternoon if I've had a stressful workday or before public speaking. It can also be taken on a daily basis as many of us have more daily stress now than ever before. If you're interested in learning more about adaptogenic herbs, read Chapter 6 of my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And check out our product guide info sheet at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash product forward slash adrenal hyphen calm. To get 10% off adrenal calm or L-theanine, use code calm at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now let's get back to the show.
And quite frankly, I take that every single night because <laughs> not only last week, yeah. but I feel like many times I'm go, 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 you know, all day long seeing patients, right? And trying to run a practice and whatnot, and be a mom and yeah, exercise and all these things you got to fit into the day, right? Uh, so at night, I feel like I need something to just dampen the cortisol and just get my body calmed down. So phosphatidylserine, I love. I've taken that for years. There's another one of my favorite ingredients that I've mentioned on the show, uh, which is L-theanine, <laughs> which can also be helpful. Can you expand on that benefit of that ingredient? Yeah, L-theanine is one of my favorite raw materials because it's just absolutely fantastic. It's an amino acid um, that's found in green tea. It's part of the reason why people love drinking green tea and have for thousands and thousands of years so much. It's a very, very, very calming raw material. Right. So it helps patients regulate brainwave activity. So if you actually look at and we hook people up and we look at the brainwave output right now, my brain is obviously doing this. It's going very yes, quickly. Yes. Quickly. <laughs> right. Um, what L-theanine does is it helps us return or what we see as a result of taking L-theanine, I should say, is it helps us return to more of a calm and, and relaxed state. Right. So we include L-theanine in a lot of our formulations for that reason. It's very safe. It's something a lot of patients can take. A lot of really cool research, too, for patients with anxiety and, and, and some other, um, say, high brainwave um, disorders. So so it's in our formulation called Adrenal Calm, right? So when patients are revved up and they, they need to calm down, <laughs> we have a product that has all of the herbs you mentioned, plus the phosphatidylserine, plus the L-theanine, which I love. But you can also take L-theanine on its own. So if someone wakes up in the middle of the night and they just can't quite shut their brain off, want to get back to sleep, they need something that's quick acting or... Every time I, uh, I, I've mentioned this also on the show before some interviews, but before every time I've really ever publicly spoken, I always take L-theanine because it just kind of calms me down a bit. I already talk fast. So watch out like here, you know, here I come. I need something that's going to just take me down a notch, but help me focus. So L-theanine can be used for anxiety, can be used even for social anxiety, can be very helpful. So I love that. So what about patients who don't need calm down, who need revved up? What about on the opposite spectrum? So the patients not with high cortisol, with low cortisol what do we have for them so we build it the same way we're talking about adaptogens still because the adrenal glands are stressed you know we talk a lot about stress strength stress means a lot of different things the adrenal glands are still stressed in this instance i can't talk <laughs> um, but what we're doing is now we're going to take a different approach we're actually going to incorporate something called licorice root right so licorice root is the actual root of the licorice plant, right? So what we're doing is we're incorporating licorice root because what it does, and this is a long word, I apologize, but it blocks something called 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase, which is an <laughs> enzyme, I oh know, sorry, <laughs> which is an enzyme that is responsible for converting cortisol into its inactive cousin, cortisone. And when the body has a high conversion rate, it leaves less of that, and the way we measure it is free salivary, salivary cortisol, leaves less of that to be tested right? Which means that a patient's going to be in a scenario where they don't have enough, right? So what we're trying to do is we're trying to block up that enzyme, 11-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase, which is responsible for taking cortisol away from cortisol. We want to leave as much cortisol as possible for a patient who's maybe not releasing it or producing it as much, right? So obviously these patients, they're in stage one for a long time, right? They're in a high elevated cortisol pattern for a long time. So now they want to be in an environment where we have to basically stimulate that production, got to ramp up the engine again, start cranking it, start turning it. So this can take for a lot of patients, it can take a while to get back to, you know, normal function. This is something that, you know, might be a long-term approach. It's hard to put a specific time frame on it, but I want to make patients aware. It takes a while. And there's another ingredient, right? The uh, essentially adrenal extract from an animal right? <laughs> that can also help raise cortisol. Can you mention that? 
Yeah, it's a, a bovine adrenal concentrate is essentially what it is. So it's adrenal glands, kind of gross for some people to think about, but it's totally safe and normal, right? But it's adrenal glands that are coming out of the cattle. So they're actually taking the adrenal glands out, right, off the kidneys. And they're drying them up and grinding them up. And it's essentially what the raw material is. And the thought process is very simply is that like organs in like organisms support similar function. So when we take an adrenal concentrate, your body is able to use the components that come from that adrenal concentrate to support the adrenal glands within your own system. Love it. Love it. So for the listeners, I know this is a lot, but if you <laughs> feel like you may have some adrenal fatigue, adrenal issues, right? We do have a product that's called Herbal Adrenal Complex. It just has the herbs. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know if I need the calming aspect or if I need the, the adrenal you know, cortex extract to boost cortisol, the safest bet is to just take plain herbs, right? But if you know I am wired, I cannot sleep, I am anxious, I need to be calmed down, then we have the calming adrenal calm. If you need to be more driven because you're just wiped and tired, we call that product adrenal drive for a reason because that has the licorice in it and the adrenal um, gland concentrate basically, right, to stimulate cortisol. So what I like to do in my patients is test salivary cortisol levels and obviously talk about lifestyle modifications that need to happen, um, but then put them on supportive products and then eventually retest and we do see a lot of improvement. So adrenals obviously play a huge role in energy. Now, I want to, I can't not ask you about immune support. I mean, we have to go there. (laughs) We have to go to immune support. Great product. Uh, (laughs) I I was just saying, like, I want to talk about immune support in general, but our product is literally called immune support that can help support the immune system. (laughs) Both of them, yeah. (laughs) So so I want to talk about the ingredients, I mean, that are included in there. So can you talk about why those ingredients are so important? And then I do want to talk about serum-derived immunoglobulins because I've only mentioned those a few times on the show, but let's just talk about... Obviously, today I'm a little run down because I had a lot of stress, right? I'm going to take some immune support today. That's how I messed up because I uh, had already taken my prenatal and then I had a mitochondrial complex on my desk and I (laughs) grabbed an immune support and that. And yeah, I took all kinds of things this morning. Um, So tell us why the ingredients, why this product was created. I absolutely love it. Um, What the benefits of the agents included um, are. So obviously in the last couple of years, um, there was a big virus that's going around, right? And still is, right? But we kind of sat back, not just as a company, but as an industry, you know, and as practitioners and providers, um, I'm obviously not one, but a lot of practitioners and providers sat back and they said, okay, what are we doing, right? What are we doing for immune support? How can we help build up? This is a, a prime example of metabolic reserves, making sure how much micronutrient, how many micronutrients, excuse me, do we have in our gas tank? So if or when we come in contact with some sort of viral pathogen or some sort of physiological challenge, how much do we have available that our body can go find and use when it needs to use them, right? So the raw materials in immune support that you're referencing are things like vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, and acetylcysteine and quercetin, which a lot of patients are probably listening to and saying, yeah, that's a lot of recognize a lot of those things, you know, especially as we come out of the COVID years um, for immune support, immune function, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because those are all micronutrients. Those are all things that the body, again, goes to look for when we get sick, when we end up with a viral pathogen. I'm not talking about COVID, I'm talking about anything, right? That stresses our system. But when we get an encounter, some sort of viral pathogen, when we get sick, that's what our body goes to look for. It goes to look for those micronutrients, goes to look for those things so it can use them to help fight off some sort of pathogen. That's the ultimate goal. So that's why we formulated that product from a conceptual standpoint. And obviously those are all geared towards immune support, immune function. Talk a little bit about quercetin and zinc and the relationship there. Yeah. So quercetin, in addition to just being a fantastic raw material that has different pleiotropic effects, it actually does quite a few different things around the body. Zinc 
disrupts a lot of different points that viruses are actually able to attach and translate and make their viral, basically messenger uh, components, their actual, not DNA, right? But virus uh, version, it's escaping me right now. <laughs> um, but what the viruses are doing is they attach to a host cell, they spit their genetic information inside, they use the host cell to basically replicate and make more versions of the virus and then spit that back out, right? Zinc is able to actually disrupt from a micronutrient perspective at the biochemical level is actually able to disrupt multiple different points on that process. The problem is, is for whatever reason, our cells don't like zinc as much as they should, <laughs> right? So what quercetin does is it actually acts in a way as a natural zinc ionophore. And what that means is, because I know that's another big word, what that means is it, is it helps basically bring zinc into cells. Quercetin will grab zinc's hand, shuttle it into cells so it can actually say, hey, I'm here, virus, you're not right? We're going to get you out of there. So zinc disrupts the actual attachment. It disrupts translation, replication. It disrupts the entire process those cells would use, those virus cells, excuse me, to use to create more viruses. Love it, love it. And N-acetylcysteine, you already mentioned previously as being an ingredient in mitochondria complex, as it can help boost glutathione, right? Help the mitochondria. But in this product, it has another role. What's its role in this product? Yeah, so it's basically, I mean, again, it's another one that has pleiotropic effects, right? So it does a few different things. Um, in addition, to if you just get mucusy, it's going to break up disulfide bonds lower the viscosity of the mucus, right? But N-acetylcysteine is also an essential precursor to glutathione, which is going to help with our immune system. As our immune system is being taxed, it's going to create oxidative stress. That's just what's going to happen, right? So we need glutathione stores in order for our body to reduce the oxidative stress capacity so our body can function more normally, especially when we're getting challenged with a viral load. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot and I hope you don't mind. I can edit this out if you disagree. (laughs) But recently in a staff meeting, you shared that uh, you did contract a, uh, not the the popular virus here, but a different virus that impacted your GI system (laughs) quite aggressively. (laughs) And there was one product that you really do feel significantly helped reduce the severity and then the duration of that illness. And that was the serum derived immunoglobulins. So these are part of our gut healing protocol. They're part of our yeast bacteria cleanse. We use these a lot. And the the term that we kind of talked about during that staff meeting was that SBIGG really works as an immunologic binder. So I want the the listeners to really take that home. This is an immunologic binder. So explain what you mean, (laughs) uh, what we mean when we say immunologic binder and how it helped you. Yeah, what does that mean, right? So you're absolutely right. I did contract a pretty nasty, what we're assuming was virus. I was out actually at the um, ortho sales meeting in February. A few of us, about a dozen of us got taken down. It wasn't wasn't fun. <laughs> but, you know, we all were, obviously we had, you know, some availability to get some of what you were talking about. Thankfully, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. yeah. That was brought to my door. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Kellen, if you guys are listening, (laughs) um, for bringing me those products. Basically, what we're talking about is we're talking about immunological binders. And immunological binders, simply put, is a component that's able to track or travel through our GI lumen, so actually inside the GI tract, and bind to essentially anything that is going to trigger an immune response. Right. Because the reason we're doing this is if you I'm sure a lot of patients, a lot of practitioners know this, is that most of our immune system is housed in our gut. I know that's kind of a loaded statement in and of itself. But what I mean by that is a lot of cells exist in our gut that are sitting and waiting to read signals from the outside world. Right. Because if you think about it, this is kind of gross to think about. But if you think about it, 
we have basically one opening and one exit, right? One entrance and one exit. And everything that travels through that system, our body needs to process, not just from a micronutrient standpoint, not just from a digestion standpoint, but a lot of the stuff we eat probably has pathogens, bad bacteria, a lot of stuff that's coming through our system that we need to manage, right? We hear all the time, people get sick from salmonella, get sick from E. coli from eating food. They're there. There's organisms that are there. Right. So these organisms that come through, we have what are called antigen presenting cells sitting in our GI tract. And these are cells like dendritic cells, macrophages, um, basically any part of our immune system that's sitting and waiting to grab onto any of these components that are traveling through. And when they're doing is they're sitting in the waiting and one of these, let's say, gram negative bacteria come through, they die, they break open. I call it dumping your junk, but they dump their junk into our GI lumen. Dendritic cell grabs it and says, okay, now we need to have an immune response. We need to mount an immune response. LPS is a big one, like lipopolysaccharide, um, or some of these other cell wall components or anything that comes out of these bacteria, your body is going to recognize and have an immune response. And when we have that immune response in the gut, this increases inflammation, increase, increases further immune responses, right? Our GI tract is linked to a whole host of chronic disease states, right? As we talk about its relationship to other organ systems. So what we're doing with SBIgG or these serum-derived bovine immunoglobulins is we're sending them through the gut lumen to bind up to these components as our body is killing off these bacteria as they're dying naturally, bind to these components so they can't interact with our immune system. Which is amazing, and that's exactly what we want. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Which makes SBIgG extremely important when we think of autoimmune diseases as well, right? We want to lessen any trigger for the immune system. And by Absolutely. getting, we want to get rid of any of these bad, we'll just say, um, organisms, particles, whatnot, so that our immune system can do what it needs to do, right? Fight off whatever the priority is. Did you know that 80% of our immune system resides in the gut? It's true, which means mucosal immunity is one of the most important factors in determining overall immune health. The mucosal barrier is at the center of interactions between the immune system and the outside world. An overabundance of microbes or toxins can and often do overload and trigger negative immune reactions, which have sweeping effects throughout the body. Fortunately, we can protect ourselves with something called SBIgG. SBIgG is the only purified, dairy-free source of immunoglobulin G, IgG, available as a dietary supplement. Pure IgG helps to maintain a healthy intestinal immune system by binding a broad range of microbes and toxins within the gut lumen. Simply put, when the toxins are bound to SBIgG, they cannot interact with our immune system and we're better protected from illness and disease. Free from dairy, saturated fats, cholesterol, sugars, GMOs, hormones, and antibiotics, SBIgG is a safe choice for all patient types. With over 40 human clinical trials for a broad range of patient types, SBIgG is my go-to choice to help support the immune cells in our GI tract. This comes in a powder or capsule version. Use code IgG for 10% off at yourlongevityblueprint.com. All in all... I keep saying for general immune support, not referencing the product immune support. <laughs> would, <laughs> yeah. you, would you say top supplements you would recommend are the vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, quercetin, and N-acetylcysteine, which are in the product immune support, SBIgG, and then something like mitochondrial complex? Or would Absolutely. you add, would you add to that? Absolutely. I think that that's a great place to start. If patients are concerned about their immune function, that's where I would start. You could start by pairing the product immune support um, for immune support with mitochondrial complex. Mitochondrial complex actually, and we talked about this with Tom Poole, and that, that's again, a great, another great episode to go listen to. That product, that, that specific micronutrient formulation has actually been the subject of a research study um, on patients who have HIV and AIDS. 
And what they're looking at is the reconstitution of CD4 and CD8 cell counts, so actual immune cells available to the body. And what we found is that over the course of 12 weeks, patients who are taking that specific micronutrient formula with the antioxidants, the micronutrient capacity, and everything that's found in, in between, and acetylcysteine, acetylcarnitine, alpha-folic acid, is that you see about a 24% increase compared to placebo. Right. So if patients are taking that product daily as their multivitamin, that is a product that's going to help reconstitute and prepare their immune systems for different challenges, not only from, again, a micronutrient standpoint. So talking about metabolic reserves, but actually talking about the ability of the body to create more immune cells. We have more energy. We create more immune cells. Right. Because what does every organ system in our body draw energy from? It's our, our ATP. It's our mitochondria. Right. So when they're healthy and they're functioning at high capacity, the body has energy to do other things. Right. Then SBIGG. Reducing immune system function, not function, excuse me, but reducing immune system overactivation. We don't want to reduce our function, right? But reducing immune system overactivation in the gut is paramount, right? Because if we think about it, these immune cells are just sitting there and they're waiting. And when we activate these immune cells, it taxes all of our systems. They have to devote that energy that we talked about from our metabolic reserves to devote it to and some sort of immunological response. That requires energy. That requires micronutrients. That is a taxing thing on the body. It increases inflammation, right? It leads to a system where now we're increasing our intestinal permeability. So now we're getting different things in our system that may absorb that we don't want them to in different amounts that we don't want them to. Talking about medication, other toxins, environmental toxins, a lot of different things that shouldn't end up inside of our system or shouldn't interact with our system under normal circumstances. And then after that, of course, I mean, support the product, have to, right? Because if you ask me, what are your you know, top five micronutrients that you would recommend? It would be those five. You know, very intelligently so, we put them all in one product from a very cost-effective solution that is meant to be taken every day. I'm glad you said that. It is very cost-effective because when the pandemic started, uh, patients were coming to our office wanting all these ingredients oh, and yeah. they're buying them all separately. And this just cuts the cost dramatically. Oh, um, under one roof, yeah. Plus, it's formulated to be safe for those who are pregnant and nursing, which is amazing. So... Love that. You've been a wealth of knowledge. This was awesome. I get to divide this into two episodes today. But uh, before we wrap up the show, do you want to tell listeners where they can find you? Um, any last um, just tips for the listeners? And then I'll ask you your top longevity tip. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to find me, <laughs> I live in Iowa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, you know, if any practitioners want to reach out, obviously I'm on LinkedIn. Um, we can obviously put that in the bio or I'll, I'll send you a link for that. You know, we can go on orthomolecularproducts.com and take a look at our products and actually see what we have to offer. There's 170, this may be incorrect, we just came with a couple more, 174, I believe, different products that we actually formulate manufacture. So there's a wide range of different products for different patient types, which is awesome. Love that, right? All of which you can only get through a licensed clinician's correct. office, like our office. Correct. You're not going to find any of these on Amazon or anywhere else. Yeah. This is the professional channel that we kind of opened the episodes talking about. Correct. Yeah. So sorry, patients. Unfortunately, we can't purchase products direct on the website, but connect with a practitioner like Dr. Gray, um, who's a wealth of knowledge and is trained in and well-versed in this type of, you know, functional integrated medicine. That's a great place to start. You know, if we're not local or can't connect via telemedicine, that's a great place to start. Awesome. Thank you. Top longevity tip. You gave us so many tips today, but <laughs> one, you got to narrow it down. What's your top longevity tip? <laughs> My top longevity tip would be to address your micronutrient deficiencies would be to make sure that we are giving our body its best ability to fill up, stop calling it metabolic reserves because I know I said that a bunch, fill up the gas tank. Make sure that as we age, as we become physiologically stressed, mentally stressed, emotionally stressed, cardiometabolically stressed, whatever it may be, as we age and approach chronic disease, which let's be honest, most of us are going to challenge or have challenges with through the course of our life. If you don't, 
congratulations, good for you. <laughs> um, but most of us are going to have a challenge where we experience chronic disease. Your body's going to look for those micronutrients. So by taking high quality products that increase our metabolic reserves, fill up our gas tank, you're going to give your body its best fighting chance as we age. Absolutely. Wonderful. Perfect. Well said. Well, thank you so much today for coming on the show, Baron, with me. Now you got to go take some adrenal support, calm you down. Our, our adrenaline's been <laughs> high. Our cortisol's high. Now we need to, you know, calm down and <laughs> rest after this. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, again, thanks for coming on the show and sharing how important nutrients are for our body, for overall health, for our immune system, for energy, and ultimately for longevity. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Gray. As I mentioned in the conclusion of part one, I have learned so much from Orthomolecular through the years. They're truly a company that educates clinicians like myself so that we can help individuals like you. As Thomas mentioned, they do not sacrifice quality at all. I know their products are thoroughly tested, sourced from around the world, and provided at therapeutic potencies so they work. I can't tell you how proud of our Your Longevity Blueprint products I am. They're manufactured by Orthomolecular Products, so everything you heard today applies to what we sell. I do believe we sell the best supplements in the industry. You can learn more at yourlongevityblueprint.com and use code BEST for 10% off anything. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.